Welcome back to the Farm Next podcast. Hello, I am your host, Sarah Beth Aubrey, and I am the founder of Elevate Ag, the peer innovation network for leaders at the farm in agriculture and C-suite executives in agribusiness. We are a network of professionals across North America that have individual private peer groups for peer advisory, uh, the opportunity to get together and take in curated content directly directed by what the members are looking to learn about. Then our networks meet once a year annually and have the chance to hear powerful speakers, messages, and get together with each other. If you are interested, send me a message and let me know, and we will let you know if Elevate Ag is right for you. So, hello, hello, and we are into December, last month of the year. It feels it feels different, doesn't it? So I, I mean, it's just maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just like when you get to that December, there's just a change, and maybe it's that youthful side that comes out. You know that. We, it's sort of the same when it's back to school season. I, I still feel that way in late August, even though I don't have children and I haven't been back to school in a very long time. But I still feel that way in August. And maybe it's that same sense that we feel as this something shifts in December for us. I don't know about you, but in that is a great word to shift us into today's discussion. This is episode number seven of the podcast, but we are on shift number five of the series that I have been doing since I launched the podcast back in October of 2019 on the six fundamental shifts affecting agriculture. And that's not just farming. It's not just suppliers or services. It's all of us. So as I've said a couple of other times, my book, Who's Running Your Farm Next?, Five Steps to Develop and Coach Your Next Generation came out in August. And as I approached this podcast and knew I really wanted to build a platform for a one-to-many message, I started thinking about what should I talk about to start. And so I thought that building a foundation of why I'm why I'm here, why I'm I'm here to talk with you about these principles of why we've got to focus heavily on developing and coaching our next generation of leaders in ag. So I came up with these six fundamental shifts. You'll be familiar with these, and you probably already are if you've listened to shifts one through four in the previous podcasts. So these are not necessarily brand new to you, but I'm hoping that you will use these podcasts and my other writings as a way to look at them in a different way, and most importantly, apply them to the decisions you're making in your business. Make them unique. Make them your own. Take the concept and go, well, yeah, that's true, but here's how it affects me. That's my purpose. And today, let's talk about it. Shift number five is the changing technology data and online landscape. Well, like drop mic. I mean, what what am I even going to be able to fill a podcast with on that? That's a massive, massive area. It's also so, so ingrained in how we live that it's almost a non-topic. You know, data, yeah. Online, yeah. Use technology, yeah. What do you want to talk about today? Well, I want to break this down for you in a couple ways that I see we need to make sure we're digging in on as a business to get where we need to go and to avoid problems. So think about this. I mean, everything that we've already written or that I've already said is basically already out of date. That feels kind of sad when I'm starting out a new uh, 
you know, media and writing, writing a lot of blogs and doing podcasts and putting training out there. It's almost like, well, gosh, but that's true, right? I mean, information is transferred instantly. I'm making these podcasts from my desk in Monrovia, Indiana. I'm watching the snow melt over my pond. I can do it from anywhere. And then, you know, in other weeks I'll be doing it from a hotel or whatever. We know the impact of the internet enabled world magnifies immensely every every decision that we make, and it will only do so more for the next generation of leaders. But there are some things that I think with this topic today, I want to be keenly pointing out to you to be thinking about, okay, yeah, these are facts, but don't ignore them because they're just so much facts of life. Apply them to the business decisions you need to make. Let's get into it. Okay, so probably the first place to start is access. So broadband, things like 5G that are coming, um, you know, rural communications providers, we are increasingly improving all the time our rural access to excellent and high-speed internet. I have had one gig internet service since I moved to the farm where Carrie and I live now, and that's been almost 10 years. And it was because the rural telecom cooperative in my community made a very smart decision. I served on their board for a while. I was not on the board when they made this decision though, but they made a really smart decision to run fiber to the home to as many of their members and customers as they could. And so for me, when we bought this farm and I moved here, I was already an entrepreneur and had been for six or seven years. And I would not have been able to do my business. It literally would have been shut off or had to then had higher expenses and gone to rent an office in town or something else and find and pay for the internet service to do what I do. So for me, it's been a business, it's a business fundamental. It's not just a game changer. It's like a, it's a base minimum. And it is for many of you too. Um, but I also know a lot of peers in some very nicely developed areas that are recently, that have recently been rural areas don't have excellent internet and it's a limiting factor. So I've been a, a strong campaigner for the need for excellent service uh, since I realized how significantly it impacted me and how much of a limiting factor it is for those that don't have it. So you really have to factor this into your business though. And so let's talk about how. Because if you are in a, a situation where you have really good internet or you're going to be able to soon, you've got to take a look at the fact that Remote work has become a real reality that you can offer for others and that you can do for yourself. How does that change the culture of your company, the way people interact, um, the reach at which you can hire, you know, literally the physical distance that you can hire people, the jobs that they can do for you and where they can do them from? So as you begin to bring additional generations into your business, this factors in at a very high rate. People like remote work, but a lot of people don't. I mean, I've worked remotely for years. I like it quite well because I travel so much and I'm in front of clients so frequently that I truly need the time here and I'm sitting in my office by myself right now and it's just dandy. I'm thrilled with it. But I have to have this time to refresh, to regroup, and to actually think and, and write and try to create the work and the content that I want to put out there. I'm not lonely here. I'm quite happy about it. However, 
that's not the case for everybody. A lot of people get the chance to work remote, but really miss and have to feel disadvantaged by not having an office environment. It's the type of conversation that you're going to have to have with every new hire, I think. And how you do that and how that works and how it fits into your business or does not, um, or how you bring in new people and what technology and systems and security, you know, I don't have the, the background to, to provide any advising there, but I do know that you're going to have to think about it. So one of those things is access. And the, with access comes a decision-making in how people work, the culture of your company, and the, the bandwidth, quite literally, of where you can get good candidates from. And if you want candidates that are far away, you know, some jobs might be quite good for that. Like having your, you know, accountant, you can scan things in or having a web person, their marketing person, you may not be there, need to be there every day. But as we see, you know, I read a report recently that CoBank had put out and they were very bullish on the, the, the near future of some of these technology, virtual, you know, virtual reality, um, augmented type tools coming into the data marketplace way sooner than we might be thinking about. When those things happen, you're going to be thinking about how you even get um, things done like service calls, repairs, and tech support type things. That is very different than what you might have today. It could also really enable improvements. Or you may want to think about having people get more trained to be able to do that work for you from a remote location. So it's going to change the jobs. It certainly already has, that's nothing new, but in the span of just a handful of years, as you bring back some new graduates, or you begin to think about what roles are gonna play, and these technologies emerge so fast, it's gotta be discussed every year. So I guess what I would say from this changing landscape is, don't just wait for it to hit you and go, I don't know, we never thought about our remote worker before. They're already available. They may fit and they may not, or that may just be certain roles, but it's time to make sure that strategically thinking about the training you put out there, the type of people you bring in, in your marketplace, you add this into your annual kind of strategic and planning discussions. So I really want to make sure that you're very well thinking about it. So the second place that I, I've got three today, and the third, the second one, excuse me, is, is on your data as an asset. So as you know from listening to me, I do a lot of different things at the front of the room with organizations, speaking, leading boards through change, but my Elevate company, where I work directly with private curated peer groups, is one of my most favorite things that I do. And one of the big, you know, we talk about a ton of stuff in those groups, they, they bring, they bring the topics to me. Um, but data security is one. And really best understanding how to make data your asset is a big issue right now for growers. We have tended, and this is going to sound a little derogatory, but we've just tended, I mean, let's just face it, to look at the shiny new objects out there and just say, these are cool. I want in. I want to try it. I want to see how it works for me. I want to test run it. You bet. Let's do it. And, you know, growers are naturally curious and they love to take in information about what they're producing. 
So there's no doubt that these tools are valuable. There's no doubt that they can be kind of fun and very interesting. And, you know, there's nothing more interesting than reading about yourself or your business. But at the same time, one of the things that we'll be talking about in Elevate in 2020 is how to view data as an asset. What's it worth? Where do you, how do you protect it? What do you do differently? How does the conversation change with your suppliers? So I think that going forward is a very significant conversation that I would say you need to initiate in your business in 2020. Okay, third one. And this is one that we all have been, we've, got, we've dealt with it. We've had good situations and bad situations. Some of us haven't had anything too crazy happen yet. Others of us have had train wrecks with this. It's when technology use becomes a personnel management issue. So what's your current expertise with public relations and crisis communication? For most of us, it's God help me, that never happens to me. My employee never posts something awful or my, my son or daughter or, you know, or I post something inadvertently and a person in the community sees it and thinks that my cool picture of the farm or livestock looks like some kind of abuse or something ridiculous. It's a stumble that's very easy. It's not just, sometimes there's a lot of foolish carelessness that, that definitely merits, uh, you know, a penalizing situation with an employee or something, for sure. But a lot of times it's just um, quite accidental, negligent. But the fact is, though, one of the big issues that we'll be talking about in our groups and that I want to bring up is point three with the tech data and online landscape is as an organization, you're going to have to have a social media and, and device policy and you need to enforce it. You've got to be able to talk to people up front about what are the rules that you believe you need to have with regard to this. So for many things, it's a safety issue, right? Uh, operating uh, equipment, being around livestock, just texting and driving. Clearly these are things that we don't want to have problems with. So safety issues are, you know, kind of like a base minimum, of course. But we also have, you know, the really, we have the malicious potential that we don't want someone to have, you know, people that are targeted and offered money to make posts. And we are all familiar with situations where that has happened or just accidental carelessness um, or, you know, sharing of information on, you know, out on the internet that in, in social platforms that they shouldn't. So I really recommend that you talk to some professionals around this in the communication space and maybe, you know, with your legal counsel as well. And just what do you need to do here? And what kind of policy do you need to have? And the first place to start, if you've already got quite a lot, a group of individuals, is to bring them together. And I would recommend asking them. Because if you're not the person who's likely in your business to make the flubs by using your handheld device in a way that could reflect negatively on the business, then you need to talk to the people who are or who use their devices more frequently and for different purposes than you. You know, a round table of employees just to share this could be very important because if you can get the buy-in from everybody, all levels of employees around this, 
there'll be some self-policing that goes on because they won't want harm to come to the business either. And they will make sure that their peers at all levels in the company are cognizant of making sure they make smart choices. So I guess the thought process here with these three is one access as we increase and improve our rural access to broadband and, and other things, we're going to need to think about how that culturally shifts our workforce and our, our business. We've got to think about how the different technologies that are coming out could shift the way we work or that we need to be training those that we have with us. And then third, access to constantly being able to share information about our business all through the workday when we're not the one sharing it is something that has to be addressed with employees, family, staff, and, and frankly, even with visitors um, that we have. So here's the good news. You know, technology is cool, right? And degrees in technology where are, are just, they're going crazy. There's a lot of emphasis now on STEM, you know, the science, technology, engineering, math for young people, boys and girls. Whereas I remember when I was in grade school, I was terrible at math. I had a mean teacher. She had a terrible attitude. And I wasn't that great at math. I did not enjoy trying to discuss it with her and figure out what I was doing wrong. And, you know, the, the uh, guidance counselor's attitude was, you know, just a girl like you doesn't have to worry about that. Just just get your communications degree and just don't worry about it. And that was a, proud, a, a crappy patronizing comment that I doubt teachers today would get away with, but they did then. And the great news is though, maybe I would have been better at math if I'd have had better access to training from someone who cared and could try to teach. Um, naturally, I'm a better communicator and that's true, but I sure would like to be a little better at those basic skills so that I could, you know, have that confidence and use them throughout my life in different ways. I doubt I would have ever been a math professor, but I probably would have had a little bit of a more confidence in my basic skills than I, than I do now. But we don't have as much of that problem today, I don't think, because we're doing a great job teaching younger people in these science and technology bases. That means as the generations close in on, and either these are kids graduating from college today versus just going into middle school, they're going to be in your workforce very, very, very quickly. So are you planning for ways to use these skill sets to benefit your business? The roles are going to shift. So consider factors that you are going to need to implement to use these great skills and have those open conversations with them. So thinking about roles of the future, maybe you've considered an on-farm data analytics specialist. Could be an opportunity. So as I leave you today, I just want to thank you for listening. This was episode seven. We're, oh my gosh, getting so close to 10. We'll be there by almost the beginning of 2020. And those numbers will keep coming, coming up. If you want to learn more about what we do on developing and coaching the next generation, and if your business is at a place where you're ready to make changes, implement changes, and put some dedicated time into it, consider my upcoming Farm Next workshop. It'll be in Indianapolis in February. And direct message me or email me to get on our early sign-up list to take advantage of our special discounts that we'll be putting out very soon. So I really encourage you to take a look at the shift number five, changing tech, data, and online landscape. 
And that is all we have for now. This is Farm Next, and I am your host, Sarah Beth Aubrey, the author of Who's Running Your Farm Next, Five Steps to Develop and Coach Your Next Generation, and the founder of Elevate Ag, the Peer Innovation Network. This is the podcast where we talk about, in agriculture, what we don't often want to talk about in agriculture, the people side of the business, the challenges, the joys, and the rewards of working with family and those around us in our communities in agriculture. But we're here to talk about how to make your future successful and how to have the creative conversations that get the job done to get us to the next generation. So now, let's start the conversation. And one last thing before you go for the day, I want to personally invite you to come on over to the Farm Next Facebook community. Why would you join this? Well, this is a community of those of us in agriculture who are interested in developing and coaching the next generation of leaders. It's where things like this podcast, the live show that I do every Thursday with the free training on a topic, get their house. It's where they live. It's where you can always grab the extra uh, versions of those and where you can take advantage of the conversation and the community. We'll also be making you some really interesting offers in that group to take advantage of programs that may benefit you. And they will be exclusive right there in the group. So come on over, uh, look for Farm Next on Facebook and ask to join. I'll see you there.